What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Chat with Langston podcast. And today I'm actually here with one of my closest friends from college, Kaushal Makija. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, basically, the reason why we are here today is because we want to talk about um, essentially Kaushal's journey in cybersecurity, what it was like, what it was like in school. And, you know, now he's finally in the industry. He's been in the, in the cybersecurity industry for about, what, three years, four years now. And uh, we're going to just talk about what that journey was like and how is it very different from what school was. Uh, but before we get into anything, Kaushal, if you would like to introduce yourself to the audience, uh, just so they know who you are, what you do, and where you're from. So, yeah. But, uh I'm Kaushal. Um, I'm from Dubai, technically. Uh, right now, I am in the US. Yeah, <laughs> represent. <laughs> yes. Uh, studied at RIT, started as a mechanical engineer, moved into cybersecurity, and never looked back since. So just uh, just a, a background about how we met. Like, So Kaushal was a year senior to me, and like when I joined university, I also joined just like Kaushal. I was a mechanical engineer and then I switched to cybersecurity because that's something that inter- interested me a lot more. So yeah, kind of followed the same journey as him. And then we both transferred to the US uh, to the campus over here. And then, you know, that's how our journey has been. So yeah, man. Uh, so Kaushal, like tell us about, you know, what your undergrad was like as a whole. Uh, and we don't want to do any comparison from Dubai and you know, US, I guess, just talk about the highlights of what cybersecurity as an undergrad is to people. Um, and that's a very broad question, but like, it's try to make like, just what do you, what did you think about it? And, um, it is uh, a field in development, for sure. Okay. It is fairly new, people should remember that cybersecurity is ever changing, and literally started off like, I don't know, I'd say, really kicked off six years ago, seven years ago. Before that, everyone just kind of, uh, you know, had cybersecurity, but never was on a full scale. If you look at it, most like initial people in cybersecurity are like network engineers and such, people who changed into cybersecurity because they were just into it. Uh, they weren't like specifically there in college for it. So a lot of older people joined in on cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to bachelors, uh, I feel like a lot of focus is on offsec too, uh, offsec being offensive security. So I guess you can segregate security into two sections: one's the blue team, one's the red team. Blue team is more on defense and like uh, doing things with keeping the network safe, good policies, um, detecting, um, creating signatures, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know? implementing devices um, and all that. And red team is more like attacking where pen testing, for example, uh, red team exercises and all that, just to like try to hack into the network so that um, so that you can patch it. Patching being like you can fix the issues in the network so that when an actual attack happens, you don't have any issues because you've already seen it in your environment before. Um, so I feel like colleges focused more on red team than anything else. We didn't get enough exposure into like really implementing hardcore networks and such. We did have labs for it, but there was never like 
oh, here's a network, manage this for the next four years, which I think would be really cool. But, yeah, yeah, I think that's pretty interesting because I, I mean, I, I remember taking a class with you. It was network forensics where the lab was just like, I think they had like something that was already compromised or a network that was compromised, I guess. And it's like, okay, so you need to find like, okay, what actually happened over here? And I think we had to look into like Wireshark captures and things of that sort to like find that. Yeah. But I think you're right, like managing a network for four years I think that would be a nice long-term project for some people because every competition we had with this red team or blue team, it was something that was built only for a day to last. Yeah. Versus the real world where you have stuff that's been deployed for years and like how you're gonna attack that. So I guess yeah, that's the limitations what we had personally. So yeah. So it'd be cool if like in the beginning we had to just deploy a regular network. And then later on, like every year, they're like clients request this or someone requests that. Like we need yeah. a mail server or we need a a, a web server, uh, yeah. things like that. So just implementing it, keeping good practice on it, mm-hmm. uh, kind of doing all of that would be super interesting. Yeah, in my opinion. I mean, we had like networking classes where we had. I remember making like a slab book. I'm forgetting what it's called. It's like uh, a book with like all your networking labs one by one. Oh, I think I... Do you remember that? I I don't recall, man. But there was some, some book where we had to like... I still have it. It's out. still in my drive. Never used it again. But it's basically <laughs> like how to set up your router, what configuration to put in it, and then how to set up your mail server, what configuration to put in it, and like setting up for both Linux and Windows. Oh, dude. Yeah, I remember we had to like manually configure all that stuff to build a network. We had to build a network from scratch. And I think like perform whatever the, like whatever questions they had in the lab manual to like you know, okay like um, we had to set up like purposely set up something that was vulnerable for example like yeah. a web app or whatever or you know something of that sort. I think we had those classes in some of the earlier courses, not the major ones, where they made yeah. us. I think that was mainly to keep up like to understand networking. Yeah. Uh, that kind of. Yeah, so that came up with networking, and then later on, we had the attack defense class, if you remember, mm-hmm. where like there was a there was a white team, there was a blue team, and a red team. Yeah, to attack each other. Yeah. So speaking of networking, like how important? I'm pretty sure ne- networking we all know is pretty important to know prior to cybersecurity because I think everybody goes into cybersecurity thinking that oh okay we're gonna learn how to hack stuff, we're gonna learn how to you know do all these cool things. But according to you, what's how important is networking? And is that, do you think that's the fundamental way to start cybersecurity if you had to get good at it? Um, okay, so security, considering everything, it does come down to knowing your infrastructure. So you won't know your infrastructure unless you have done networking on some, some sort of level. If you mm-hmm. know how the device works, then you can secure it. So yes, I would say that networking is one of the fundamentals. There are a couple of other things you need to know, cryptography being one of them. Uh, but it's, I don't know, uh, at least not for me. I'm a security analyst. I didn't mention that earlier, but uh, in the analysis department, forensics being a core, uh, knowing about endpoint files and such is more important than cryptography. Mm-hmm. Cryptography is pretty niche, in my opinion, and very math intensive too, and I'm not into math at all. 
uh, yeah, so I'd say networking very important. Uh, I'd say you need to know the tools that are involved. So yeah, definitely. Um, if you if you're making something of your own, you need to know how each protocol works if you're going to secure it or implement it. Yeah, basic HTTP, HTTPS, all that stuff. For yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Post I think model. the one thing that was very important, and I remember this, that if you wanna really get and basic, your basic thing is your OSI layer. Like if you're in cybersecurity, you need to know your OSI layer really well. I mean, that's a fundamental for networking in general. But that's also fundamental if you want to even like do any analysis on something inside, like if it's like a security incident that happened, like at what layer, I guess. Well, it does not really, we don't really go into the layers, but just having that background knowledge, it, I think it kind of helps. Yeah, I mean, it's kind Some of like, stuff. yeah, it's on the basis of, uh, I mean, one of the most important or one of the most asked questions is like, what happens when you you know, plug in a website in a web browser, Yeah, what all happens. And then you have to go like super in depth. <laughs> oh, if, dude, I'm not going to lie, man. Sometimes even, even until now, I might find it very difficult to answer that question. Like I might be able to be like, okay, like I could probably extend that to a five-year-old, but like to answer that so technically, like when I read the blogs that, you know, that talk about that, it's pretty, it's pretty intensive what actually happens in the background when you visit a website. Like, you know, the, the DNS stuff that actually happens you know, all the way to Oh, the... yeah. There's a GitHub page on it. Uh, yeah. It's pretty interesting because it... Oh, yeah. Is... Feel free to share that in the chat and then I can put that up when, you know, for all the listeners, uh, Kaushal, firstly, he is one of the best persons to go for, like, open source stuff. I've got a lot of open source material from him because he's into that and it really helped me, you know, develop my skills further in security as well. Open source, I think, is like the game changer for cybersecurity. Like our community is based on open source. Well, oh, pretty yeah. much IT in general, but cyber well, yeah, that's that's why we have we even have a tight we even have a category for it called open source intelligence because yeah. the majority of it is that. And pretty yeah, there's fun. a link you can share. Awesome. It. Thanks. Thanks, Kasha. So it's kind of like so someone answered someone wanted to go in depth with answering what happens when you connect to a website. Mm-hmm. And they literally broke it down to like every single step. This is the most in-depth answer you'll ever see Yeah. regarding that. And it's hilarious. They did it as a joke because of how many times the question's been asked. Okay. So they even have like step one, press G on your keyboard. So it's that in-depth. Oh my God. That's so granular, man. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. But, but it's pretty good. At, at least it'll help you paint a picture, right? Piece by piece. And I think that's what, especially if someone who is struggling to understand this, I think it's very important to build it from that. So it's good if they're having that explanation. Yeah. So it's like meme on the first three categories mm-hmm. and like super important information in between and then meme again. But yeah, there is like certain things that they mentioned, which is in-depth. Like okay. very in-depth which is kind of cool like you wouldn't think about it like you didn't know how certain like keys worked or certain like keys i mean not the keyboard keys but like the registry keys on windows and they talk about that too which is crazy that's awesome man awesome. yeah so guys feel free to check out that resource i'm gonna put, put the link over here um all right so we went to a university and we talked about you know stuff that you have learned you know some i guess both of us had that common thing where we you know you know, had the same similar experience, obviously different courses. Uh, how, what is it like in the real world? Now you have been working for four years now. What's 
what was uh, the cybersecurity environment like when you just joined? Well, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know, there are this uh, phrase is often used, but it's kind of like joining in uh, as a freshman in your fifth semester in college. Uh-huh. And it's kind of like, or, or what is it? It's kind of like, huh, it's kind of like joining on the fifth season of an ongoing show. Yeah, that sounds better. Okay. Because it's like everything is established already. Everything's going on. And you're like, what is happening? What did that guy do like two seasons ago? I have no idea. Yeah. So, that's how it feels. Okay. Joining into a company. Mm-hmm. Uh, college does really help with basic knowledge and for foundation purposes. Mm-hmm. So would recommend definitely. Um, did help me a lot in understanding how the network works. Uh, especially like the last two or three years. That was crazy. Uh, but yeah, it helps with the foundation, but each implementation in every company is very different. Uh, some companies do it better than others. Definitely. Uh, my current company definitely does it really well, I think. Uh And they really like promote going in depth into like artifacts and like talking about malware. That's like popular, the campaigns that are going on. And we definitely see it in our day-to-day, which is exciting. Uh-huh. So whenever a new campaign is launched, we are aware of it because we see it in our client. Are you talking about campaign? Are you talking about like a ransomware campaign or something? Yeah. So ransomware campaigns, but like even different deployment methods for said ransomware. Be okay. Squirrel Waffle, QuakeBot, QuackBot, QuakeBot, whatever <laughs> you want to call it. Um, uh, yeah. There are a couple of others. Uh, rats, um, async rats. It, rats are bad. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, rats are bad in real too, bro. But yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, guys, just, uh, just some context rat is a remote access Trojan. Yeah. You should Google that. <laughs> yeah google that but you know be careful what you click on yeah yeah i think definitely uh so in the real cybersecurity world right what is the one thing that was the most again very broad question but what was the common forms of attacks that you have um you have seen in your experience like for example was it you know phishing emails or was that like the attack vector that was the most common one? Or, you know, what attack vectors, I guess, was something that you have encountered, which is really common? Oh, definitely phishing. People suck at not clicking things. So there's this thing that people should know about called search engine optimization, SEO. That's mm-hmm. a phrase you should look up because that's related to everything in real life. If you okay. have anything that's related to those certain words, it's going to show up in your search engine. So okay. search engines aren't good at parsing information. So if you, if I've created a malicious document and I had a WordPress page, for example, mm-hmm. and my WordPress page had specific keywords to match the search engine optimization or whatever. Suppose mm-hmm. you were looking for um, drinking laws in Connecticut. For example, so you, you'll search up drinking laws in Connecticut, three keywords. Mm-hmm. And I could have my WordPress page be optimized for those three words. So my result's going to be on the top. Mm-hmm. So, and people will click the first link, obviously. Mm-hmm. So the second you click that first link, it's going to serve you a JavaScript file. 
and that JavaScript file is bad, obviously. But then yeah. you'll start downloading it, and people will think they've got the file that they wanted, and they're gonna open it for sure. Mm-hmm. So the second they run it, it starts reaching out to a C2, and bad things happen. So SEO is very, very important. And that's interesting, man. I never really thought about it that way. Like I never thought about search engine optimization as being something that's you know um, that attackers would use and a landscape like this oh so they, they use it all, all the time yeah 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 that that's that 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 kind of blows my mind i think i just learned something today because yeah. this is this is this is crazy because when we want to look up for something we search it up you know i could type for me it could be like oh like you know not, you know sushi restaurants near me for example that's like something that's commonly typed in the east coast especially so yeah i guess yeah that's that's a very interesting point you got there um so phishing emails that's i think i can actually vouch for that because it is pretty common like honestly so many people i think especially in the news i think a lot of people have talked about you know phishing scams and stuff that happens and nowadays it's even like you can like even if you're someone who's not an actual attacker, you do not have the skill set of a hacker. I think you can actually it's been commoditized. You can actually buy like packages or ransom oh, yeah. packages as they call it, you know, yeah. help you do what you have to do. I think you could pretty much put a whole email list into that and just click send and it would send it and then you get all your data the way you yeah, want. Pretty much. Uh phishing toolkits are a thing. Yeah. Definitely. Fishing toolkits. Okay, interesting. No, I'm not trying googling that. Let me see. Yeah, you, should, you guys should take notes if you're listening, because this is all. This is not stuff that what we're talking about over here is not because, not just you know. Yes, it is a cybersecurity talk, but it's also to hopefully educate you guys to know about why we do what we do. It is very important, and especially in the current landscape that we live in, which is pretty much driven by data, and that's essentially why. I think cybersecurity is one of the most, uh, I would say, a field that has actually been put in the spotlight right now. So, yeah. Yeah, there you go. There is one. It's called Sniperfish. Sniperfish. It's it's open source uh, on GitHub, used by pen testers as a phishing toolkit. Mm -hmm. So please don't use it maliciously. Thank you. But yeah it's oh wow how, how much is it like like is that like is it it's free <laughs> it's free it's open source I'm sure there's, there's i'm sure there's like um uh, stuff that's i'm sure you can like um there are paid ones too i'm guessing i'm sure there are better paid ones uh this is just for pen testing and i'm sure yeah. majority of the file hash and such has already been tracked by people but um awesome. yeah. yeah this is free definitely free Oh, yeah, it's free, guys. And test it on your own laptops and do not use it. <laughs> Actually, do not use it at all. It's not even like it's 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 literally a ransomware toolkit or something, right? Oh, no. ransomware would be the if you were doing the bad later oh, on. Okay. Don't do that. I right, so it's like you read about it. <laughs> yeah, so it's like phishing is like the initial vector, and then you'll have you'll have to obviously put a malicious link in the fish and then that will be the second like the second step and then that will reach out to a c2 or something mm-hmm. and then that will deploy ransomware 
and then the ransomware will start encrypting everything. So wow. how ransomware would work, I guess for people okay. who don't know, is it encrypts all your files on your host and it deletes everything after the encryption is done. And then the person holding ransom is basically saying that we'll give you the key for so-and-so amount of money. Could be anything. Some people are crazy absurd with their money and a lot of it is automated. Okay. Wow. that's interesting yeah you guys should look that up and be aware. so i guess phishing emails again like we said is the most common one but keep that yeah, in mind, pe- people are the problem dude let's be honest people are the problem man yeah yeah because I, I almost once clicked a phishing email i'm not gonna lie dude it was good it was so crazy i got like this um email for like an apple subscription and now for me i do have some apple subscriptions like i like you know so like I was like I saw something that was like for five ninety nine dollars and I kind of I almost clicked it and then I was like wait a minute and then I I digged into like the email header and everything and I was like okay this is not legit but that's the thing right your immediate response to something where it's like a higher number oh you've been charged like six hundred dollars for a subscription that kind of creates some 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 level of panic in a way. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm kind of like, okay, now I know that this is a bad thing. But for some people, it's like, oh, snap, what the hell is that, you know? So, yeah. Um, all right, so moving on. What are the ways, so we talked about like your school experience and your experience as an analyst. Uh, tell us more about uh, how did you improve your uh, skills further as you kept going into the field? Like what were the resources that you used Um or what are the kind of, you know, maybe if you did any certifications, did you go out, what did you go after to help you, I guess, improve in this field or take you further where you are right now? Okay. Um, well, I was personally initially very into offensive security. So um, my focus was an offsec, even though I used to work in like a, in a SOC. Mm-hmm. basically in a soft security operations center for those who don't know so it's like i was on the blue side but i uh, like studying about the red side so i started off with the uh ejpt which is uh e-learn certifications so okay. e-learn junior pen test certification i mean that's what it's okay. e junior pen testing Okay. And uh, that was a good introduction. I'd say that if people are into pen testing and don't mind paying a little bit, that's not a bad sort of start with. But you could d- definitely do it for free. You don't have to do it through that certification, in my opinion. Okay. Uh, you can definitely start off with like try hack me or hack the box or all that stuff, which is like base base levels. Um, there are countless, uh, if you Google, how to like our YouTube, in fact, um, YouTube, there's a guy named the cyber mentor. Uh, he's legit. So it's, it's better than Googling hacking certs and all that on Google and then finding something really bad randomly because someone fished you rather than that, try to go through trusted sources, which is, uh, the cyber mentor really good. He has a course from start to finish teaching you how to do pen testing, mm-hmm. which is really good um he even provides resources and such mm-hmm. so that's where i got a lot of my stuff um ipsec is another one ipsec 
on YouTube, he covers hack the box boxes. So he runs you through them, teaches you how they work. And you'll, you'll notice a trend, like all of them involve learning a type of technology, be it like FTP, which is like a file transfer protocol, which is, so there are different ones like FileZilla and like all those other ones. There are a bunch of others, which I'm forgetting. Simple awesome. FTP is one of them too. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, so you'll learn a lot of technology and you'll learn how to like find open source vulnerabilities already available for things. Mm -hmm. So I guess one thing to note is that majority of people who are exploiting are basically plagiarizing other people who made the exploit. So it's not necessary that someone who hacked you is smart. A lot of them are very stupid and they're trying to just figure out, uh, you know, how it works. Right. Even maliciously, they're trying to figure out how it works. Um, okay. But that, one, two, and then there was another one. Uh, John Hammond, very good resource. He's John Hammond, good. yeah, I follow him on LinkedIn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so he's a, he's a, he does a lot of try hacking stuff, right? And like a lot of, um, what do you call them? Um, CDFs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So he, he talks about, and whenever a new exploit shows up, he kind of runs you through the exploit and explains every single thing in the technology, which is what is important. So you kind of need to be passionate about learning new things. Mm -hmm. uh, so I did that. Then I did uh, another one for, it's it called DFP, which is another e-learn certification from forensic accusation, basically. Mm -hmm. Learning about file partitions and everything. Basically how your file system works. Mm -hmm. uh, it was all right. That one, not as recommended, in my opinion. Uh, okay. After that, the ECPPT was amazing. Uh, that one teaches you how to move inside a network after you've broken in. So how a network would work is that there is a web server that's facing the internet. You go past that, there's like internal networks, and then you go past that, and then you're in like the spot where people don't want you to be. So it shows you how to like, maneuver in the network while you're inside mm -hmm. and try to bypass certain things because they definitely have firewalls on inside obviously all right and then oscp obviously because what a beast that was a pain in my ass <laughs> oh my god i even failed once yeah so the second time i got through but the first one was horrible yeah yeah, yeah so, man so i guess certifications or open source resources is one way to move up and I think, so I, I guess you hit the nail over there. Uh, I think what I would want to, you know, I think we covered a lot. I want to know, like, what would be on, just to end uh, on a good note, what's the advice you'd give to anyone who wants to get started in cybersecurity? Like, what is a couple, maybe one tip or a couple of tips? What would you, as someone who's working, uh, tell them? Um, getting started into cybersecurity, I'd say focus on your networking, definitely your core OSI model ports, how they function, connecting, disconnecting, what, uh, different, um, how do I put it? What different protocols mean in each of those ports, uh -huh. um, learning about, you know, like SSH protocols or like, um, HTTP, HTTP is super important because it's a port that's always open if you think about it. Everyone uses the internet. Uh, 
so that learning, like, you know, it's a slow process, but it definitely builds up. And, you know, like focus on your strengths. Like if you have more of a coding background, you can work on making a security tool and having like some sort of low level projects for yourself. If you have a more networking background, try making a home lab for yourself. Making a malware lab is pretty cool too. And it just involves using VMware and, um, you know, just setting, putting a VM or two in there. And obviously you don't connect it to the internet, but you can basically start analyzing stuff. There's even a book, Practical Malware Analysis, I think it's called, mm-hmm. um, which I think we went through in our in college. I briefly remember it. Yeah. Um, it's some alien dissecting shit <laughs> on the cover. Uh, okay. But uh, huh, so that it talks about basic principles, even gives you certain types of malware. So mm-hmm. if you're into that, so it's, it's good to pick a niche, I think. Uh, um, uh, but if you want, depending on what type of job you want to offset or uh, a sock related job. Um, but yeah, I'd say networking your cores um some level of protocols uh and if coding as slash scripting helps here and there definitely because i felt the lack of that because i suck at coding but uh, definitely helps so based off of that you can pick if you want to go for an engineering or an analyst type of position and then just um you know the other category is forensics if you want to get into like Forensic being like you can basically get artifacts from a host and kind of uh, put a puzzle together as to what is happening. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, so you as an attacker did this and this and this. Like you remoted into a host, you ran who am I and all these other commands, and then you reached out to another host or you infected the computer or something, which reached out to another host. So there's network artifacts, there's endpoint artifacts, basically your digital footprint. And then you went to another host internally to, to hack that too. Or okay. I don't say hack, but you to get into pivot. that. Too. Yeah, pivot. pivot. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Uh, so, you know, taking the pieces of each puzzle and having, sometimes you don't have the visibility either if you don't have a device installed or logging failed you or some technology failed you. Mm-hmm basically still filling in the gaps with your own knowledge and then being like, okay, so this is how the, the guy, girl, whoever, that's the person got in. And this is where he moved. And then he was going to do more, but got stopped. And then you just clean it all up and then be like, okay, that's, we're fine now. And then you got to see like the first thing that got in, it was it like something like a zero day being zero day meaning like something of a vulnerability that's not been seen yet in in the world so there are still a lot of software flaws that we'll never know about so you know and it'll, it'll keep coming because that's how it is because uh, technology is ever changing so you'll always find something or the other yeah that is flawed and you know everyone's human so humans are making this so obviously yeah but yeah, so that was a full pivot, my bad. Okay. <laughs> forensic knowledge comes from there. So if you like putting pieces together, forensics is your thing. So you'd want to pick as to what you want. And then there's plenty of CTFs and such to take part in. And don't be scared to take part in them. I've personally taken part in four or five now. And I've sucked in all of them. So 
I think I only finished like one category, maybe, but it's fun. It's, <laughs> I would still recommend it. Okay, that's that's great, man. That's great advice. I think basically also you know staying curious in this field is important, right? Because again, like you said, everything keeps changing, and you have to have an open mind when it comes to this field because things can just be so unexpected and you know like tomorrow we could see a zero day and then your whole day can change that's that's just the nature of what this field is you know um and also i think loving what you do like you've got to really love cybersecurity, man <laughs> yeah yeah definitely yeah. yeah like i think the reason why we got into this because because we like the fact that oh this, this stuff is cool and you know we want to explore it a lot more versus like 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 not just because it's a growing field because when we took it i think it was not even popular right no it was not as popular as what it is right now yeah and it was brand new in dubai too yeah yeah that too in dubai man like i had like when i took it the only reason was like i honestly thought like you know like hacking and generally all that that stuff is just knowing having that knowledge is awesome and just like you know i think we i did a lot of i did a forensics course as well but then as you keep seeing it evolve you realize how important it actually is so yeah you got you got to really have that liking for it you got to really like i think having that personal thing not personal but like you want to be able to protect data because data is the ultimate victim right yep so, yeah and you uh, you want to know why because yeah like if you so at least for being an analyst, if you, for certain things, when you don't ask why, is usually when the client gets popped. Popped yeah. being when they get hacked. Because why? it's like, why is this happening? And then you're like, oh, it's probably this. And then you yeah. just move on. That that extra step of not being curious can cause someone to get hacked. Yep. So yep. Hit the nail. Being, <laughs> being curious is very important. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing, Kaushal. And really, uh, again, thank you so much for having this uh, in a conversation and joining my podcast. Uh, okay. all, right. all right. Thanks for listening, everyone. And have yeah. a good day. Yeah.